0: The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling, brought to you by KCLOR and Scoreline.ie. It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eyes over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate and junior league and championship games in Kilkenny as well as looking ahead to the next round of action. I'm delighted to say that I am joined in studio by Eddie Scaly. Eddie, how are you today? Absolutely brilliant, Robbie. And yourself? Very good. Eddie, there's a week, in, there's a week break now. We have... We're coming off the back of three weekends in a row of action in the Kilkenny senior and intermediate side of things. There are a couple of junior games this weekend. Before we get into specifics, a general overview on everything this weekend. I suppose the story of the weekend, Friday night, the games going ahead, six in total across senior and intermediate. What did you make of that, first of all? Yeah, like it's
1: you know it's kind of it really was it really was a horror show. Anybody that's living in Ireland or in the Kilkenny area would have seen it. I had a friendly myself in the football on on Friday night. Um, hindsight's great. Probably should have called it off, but we ran out of time, so we needed to play that friendly. But um, the, the weather was just horrific. Uh, Storm Betty raged hard all over the place, um, which is interesting. There's kind of two sides to it. Um, you look at some of the games, James Stevens, Bennis Bridge for example, 10 points apiece. Two really good hurling sides. You'd expect yes. them to be putting up a way bigger score than that. So I've no doubt in my mind um, that was played in horrific conditions and then you see other teams like Thomastown putting up a huge score against Blacks and Whites but the big question on everyone's lips and I was talking to people on Saturday as well and even coming home on Friday night everyone was like why is it going ahead why is it going ahead you know surely they could have called them off and next weekend there's a break and they could have played them next weekend and you know you get all of that Like, and but unfortunately it's not that simple it's not as simple as if the games are playable play them on what I would have personally have looked at saying was maybe can we move the Friday games into Sunday um, something along them lines obviously referees then become an issue and things like that but um, at the big everyone was kind of a bit peeved at it going ahead because not only was it horrific for the players and the referees and the mentors and everybody else but supporters coming to the matches because one of the biggest things in this year's Kilkenny Championship is the attendances at these games there's been massive crowds at all these club games that must have been hugely affected at the weekend particularly obviously on Friday night but I have heard and I can see the logic in it too the fixtures were put out quite early allowing players and management and everybody else to plan a week away so you have lots of teams that might have booked a holiday away for the players. Some of the players might be going off themselves. Some of the managers might be heading off with their kids. And you know, it is like everybody has to live too. It's an amateur sport, so I would assume when they weighed up all the options, they they kind of said, "Look, we'll drive on if we can at all." You know, you know, it was it was a horrible night, but there was no one going to get. Thankfully, there was no 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 one hurt or, They're traveling through and from the matches, and it was only a yellow warning, Robbie. I don't think it was a red warning or. Stay at home, red alert type of thing, you
0: know? No, nothing like that. Just before I give my opinion on that, uh, this is what Tullerone manager Ken Coogan had to say. His side, of course, defeated Clara on Friday night. It's probably no one's fault, but these matches haven't been played three weeks in a row. That's probably where we fall down a bit. The county board is tall after all the matches. When are they going to play him, That's the big trouble. We all want two weeks break. We're dying for two weeks
1: break. So we need that. If they had to play it next week, um, we didn't have a two-week break. So that's, that's where it's probably no one's fault, but the, the season's just too cramped. That's probably the, the result
0: of it. Is that the biggest issue here, Eddie? The fact that, not the fact that the weather was so bad, but the fact that the calendar is so tight that we actually can't manoeuvre around issues like this when they come about? Yeah, the calendar is very tight. Like, I mean, it was one of the things that
1: was said to me yesterday was the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Champions will be out, I think, 14 days after the county final.
0: Yeah, that's it, yeah.
1: In the first round of Leinster. Now, the only reason they're out 14 days is because they've moved it forward a week. The Kilkenny Hurling final is traditionally played on the October Bank all the weekend. Mm. I I think it's been moved forward a week.
0: I think it could be correct,
1: yeah. Yeah, so that means that they'll have a 14-day turnaround. If it was on its normal weekend, you'd have a seven-day turnaround. So if you get a team that hasn't won a county final in a long time the celebrations on Sunday after winning it then Monday and then Tuesday and then you're getting ready to play Mount Leinster Rangers on the Sunday the following week you know it's <coughs> it's really congested so Kilkenny GAs hands are tied that way I think in Kilkenny they have the best championship structure in the country Every it's the envy of every country uh, county if you listen to Eugene Clunan talk about the Kilkenny championships he's comparing it to what he's used to at home in Galway like it's a super championship structure. You get to play, you know, five big tough games at senior level, and then you are into the the business end of it, whether it's a relegation semi finals or whether you are pushing on into the first round proper, whatever quarter finals and so on and so forth. So it's a great structure, but unfortunately, with the split season, it's 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 very very condensed, and you don't have room for margins for. Error. The only thing that they could look at doing is uh, some midweek games. Um, you know if you had lost the games on Friday, you could have replaced them at matches on Tuesday of this week, but again, the problem is I guarantee you, people have holidays booked them. Yeah, why I, d- not. I
0: don't think there's an appetite for that, to be honest with you. I don't, I cannot remember that happening ever in Kilkenny, to be no. honest with
1: you. i was just kind of given you a kind of a, a, an option that if mm. it if was yeah, a no, match cut off on a, on, a, on a Friday, you'd play it on a Tuesday. It happens in every other sport, in soccer, in, in, mm. in, in, in whatever way you want to look at it, but the problem you have is because the season is laid out the way that they do it like in Carlo you're getting your fixtures the week before so we know we're playing Mount Lester Rangers next weekend but we don't know whether we're playing them on Friday, Saturday or yeah. Sunday you find that out on Monday like which is absolutely bananas as well but with the Kilkenny Championship it was always planned that this is the week off now with the week off I guarantee you there's management teams going on holidays there's players going on holidays there's lads that are booking stuff away you take any inter-county hurler you take an Owen Cody or an Adrian Mullen what break have they had since January like they're flat out with Klik- yeah. Ballyhale to win the all Ireland, then they're flat out with Kilkenny to get to an all Ireland final and now they're back flat out with Ballyhale again so they have a two week break so next thing on says well do you know what I'm going to go to Portugal for a week or I'm going to go to Bunyan for a few days to recharge the batteries whatever it is um, and he's entitled to do that too yeah. so they're all booked and then because we get bad weather on a weekend call off all the games and put them on next weekend and then you have another issue where lads are saying hold on a second this isn't fair either so the the, the shortening." answer to a very long answer is there's nothing they can do about it now but I think they're going to have to look at it. I'm listening to people saying that the, the all of final should be moved back to its past date in September I personally I remember when the split season came in first and when it was announced that it was going to happen I remember doing it on the Clash Act podcast I can't remember who I was interviewing at the time and he said straight out the people that are going to suffer the most on this is the club teams not the county teams and he said what'll happen is your club championships will become much more condensed your inter-county players will start going on J1s they'll start travelling things like that and the clubs are going to be affected by UG and I actually think that's what's going to happen over the next couple of years and I think this is the start of it
0: Just on that I think unfortunately we live in a world where I think the club player will be affected either way I just think you could have condensed the inter-county season back to three months even Uh, it's not possible obviously but and I just I think that's unfortunately the world we live in rightly or wrongly obviously it's wrongly Um, the other thing I'd say you can't envy the county board here in the sense that as you said Eddie people would moan if the games were pushed forward a week because they would have said well you told us months in advance or weeks in advance that it was on this week we had the week break now you're not giving us the week break as Ken Coogan sort of alluded to there so, like, there's a lot of people, I know a lot of people texted into the show scoreline at the weekend about the fact that the games weren't cancelled on Friday. My take on it is, in isolation, take everything out of it, you'd cancel those games every single time with the weather if there was nothing else. But there were too many other variables to just pull the games all together. Like, for me, that's the bigger issue here. The, the weather came and it went, but it's how do we deal with issues that you know, aren't ideal going forward rather than the weather was bad on Friday, that was an absolute disgrace not playing them. Do you see what I'm saying? There just doesn't seem to be any sort of leeway or understanding of how to get to the right decision when these things happen. Yeah, look,
1: Like at the end of the day I, I wouldn't blame the, the county board in any way, shape or form
0: um, A lot of people are, we should say Not us specifically But a lot of people are blaming the county I board yeah, but like Do you think that's right? No, it's not Like You have to remember as well
1: If a referee had arrived at a pitch and said it was unplayable The county board wouldn't have told him you have to play the game The match would have been called off
0: A lot of people said they were passing the book there uh, but no it's the referee's choice it's yeah, the same I, I agree. every game I agree, you know yeah. like
1: I mean the county board appoint me to referee a match which they never will but if they appointed <laughs> me to referee a match I'd stroll out there and have a look at the pitch the pitch is playable everything is ready to rock and roll let's go and play the game and, and, and that's what happens um, that's always been the way the county board are in no way to blame her and this is the point I'm making this isn't a Kilkenny-GEA issue this is a a national issue Yeah, that's what I think The Limerick Championships like the Waterford Championships are in the quarter-final stages next weekend Mm. er, Goury they won the the Wexford Championship yesterday Their, their season's over the county champions Mount Leinster Rangers won the Carlow Championship last weekend Kilkenny are in round four in two weeks of the league championship so you know people are saying oh it's too condensed it's too condensed I can guarantee you the lads in Wexford and the lads in, in, in Carlow are telling you it's not condensed enough because their championships have to have been ran off in, 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 in a matter of weeks because Wexford's championship is over Well
0: now. I say this the, the Carlow championship that you were involved in started in one week finished six weeks later for seven weeks in a row yeah, it ran through didn't it that's it yeah no break like how did you
1: feel about that um, look it's, it, these things are all great when you don't have any injuries and when you start picking up injuries near the end of it then you, you go mad about the whole situation like I said it to you before we started recording today the week break you said who does it suit and I said it suits the teams that are down the bottom of the groups teams that are getting beaten this is giving them a week to get themselves together but if you're Moore, or you know if you're the Moore camp or the Dixbury camp Jesus, you'd nearly play a match Wednesday and Sunday at the moment. Yeah. You know, you'd want to get all the games in as quick as you can to, to to kick on. So it'll be very interesting to see how they react after their break. Um the Wexford Championship as well, that's ran off very quickly. Now both counties, to be fair, have to run off their football championships next week. They start next week, I should say. Kenny's football championship is done and dusted since earlier in the year. So they made the decision to do that. But there was a system, if you remember back in the day, Robbie, it's not that long ago, where you played two or three rounds of the championship in April. Went back to Intercounty seeing mm. everybody worked away and then we kicked on again in September. And it, it, it still ended in the October Bangalore yeah. again, weekend. It still ended then, but there was more options for breaks or if something went wrong. Would you
0: again. be in favour of that? Yeah. I wouldn't. I think it's great. I think that this is now club hurling season in Kilkenny. Everybody wants to get to the games. Everybody's invested in it. I've never seen bigger crowds at games. I've never seen more people interacting with us here on KCLR around the games. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think you'll hit hurdles like this. But I think other than that, it's been unbelievable the last three weeks. I'm not going to disagree with you. I really am enjoying the Championship. Mm. But genuinely, as a manager
1: myself, um, it, 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 for me, I always liked the idea of having a couple of games played with the lads early in the year and, and then having them a couple of breaks during the Championship as well that i be able to look at it. But I've, I'm not I'm not overly against this system. I just didn't see the other system as being that flawed that we had to stop it. Um, that was my biggest thing the one thing that the one thing i didn't like with the old system was playing the club all-Ireland finals on St Patrick's day it just dragged the arse out of it, yeah, you know yeah, you, no, no, like you going on you forever on like i mean i i've no issue with the club man, all-Ireland semi-final being on at christmas and then the week after no you know, I never have to worry about being in a club All Ireland final, but well, I never d- know. <laughs> <I'm> fairly confident. <laughs> Ballyhale, though, you look at Ballyhale Shamrocks. The, you know, the Christmas, they've the semi final two weeks before Christmas or a week before Christmas. Then the two or three weeks, and then they're back out in the All Ireland final at the end of January. It, that, that that works fine. Just, I'd love to get a hybrid version of what we've got, and just adjust it slightly. But back to the point on the games going ahead of the weekend. The pitches were playable. The conditions were awful. But the games were the pitches were playable. And if the pitches are playable, regardless of whether the conditions are off or not, the referee made a call, games went ahead no one was hurt there was a couple of brilliant games a couple of not so brilliant games it was tough on spectators but luckily enough Caselo were able to cover some of the games and people were able to listen on the radio they didn't have to leave their houses but no one died we all move on and I wouldn't be sticking the boot into Energy here for driving on with the games
0: Yeah I think I'll be with you on that and luckily enough as you say Eddie we did have Bridge and The Village on Friday night and we would report from all the other senior and intermediate games we'll get on to those games as I said Bridge took on James Stevens on Friday evening in Group A of the senior ranks it finished 10 points apiece the other games on Friday in Group A saw Glenn Moore get their third consecutive victory 117 to 10 point winners over Aaron Zohan in Group B to were 116 to 2A winners over Clara. Moving on to Saturday, there were two games: Group B, Mullinavat 110, O'Loughlin Gales 115. You were at that game first in Hugginstown, Eddie. And then later in the evening, Ballyhill Shamrocks, the county champions, got their first victory of 2023 with a 221 to 20 point defeat of Greg Ballycallan. That match was in Group A. The final game of the weekend on the senior side of things. Very, very comfortable for Dixbur. Six points for six for Michael Walsh's men, two twenty-two to eleven points against Danes Fort, who have now lost all three games on their return to the senior grade. We'll start there on Friday, Eddie. Bennis Bridge and James Stevens. Certainly wasn't a spectacle, but an incredibly tight game. Um both sides happy enough with a point, do you think, and just see where they are now and attacking the last two rounds? Um I'd say I'd say they are. I, I'd say if you were picking a game to start with, why the game shouldn't have went ahead,
1: this would be the game. Yes. Um, you can dress it up any way you want. 10 points apiece after 60 minutes of hurling. I can only assume it was just an attritional battle. Um, I know the weather was... I know the weather was going to be playing a massive factor in this game. It was, it was like an absolute horror show. Like, I mean, in all honesty, uh, 10 points apiece. Like, where do I start... <coughs> Would the two teams be happy with the point? I'd say Bennett's Bridge are happier with the point there than James Stevens are. Uh, James Stevens are coming on the back of a defeat against um, Dixborough last weekend. Hmm. Um, to be, you know, they probably would have wanted to get a kick out. I know you fancy Benness Bridge a little bit this year. You think they're? I wouldn't uh, say I fancy them, but I think they'll
0: be uh, one of the kind of dark horses.
1: Um, okay.
0: Okay. You know I don't fancy them to go and win the thing
1: Clearly if you say it I think they're going to be one of the dark horses <laughs> well, That's, you know, that's the, it by defi- definition but I is. think a
0: lot of people thought they'd be gone first round right. I think they could make a semi-final potentially a final but they won't win it <laughs> they're not going to make it to the county final I ah, we'll um, okay, will see you never know how the draw opens up no uh, you don't know how the draw's
1: going to open up but look they might and i tell you what to be fair to him, David Blanchfield there was a lot of controversy last week Robbie when you left David Blanchfield out of the team when the you week. left
0: him out Eddie <laughs> yeah.
1: so a lot a lot of. I know I got a lot of texts and phone calls people yeah. uh, giving out but sure I can only put 15 players in the team he was exceptional last weekend apparently very good again this weekend I don't know Kevin Blanchfield at midfield was a rock there for them mm. got a Three or four, three points, I think, three it was in play. Man of the match, as well. You know, man of the match in the game as well. Lukey Scanlon on the other side of midfield for James Stevens. He's been he's been running the gauntlet there for them as well, very well this season too. Ten points a piece, draw. Look, I'd say I'd say it wasn't a game for the ages anyway. I can guarantee no. you that. But I know. They'll both be happy enough coming out of the game but I would have thought James Stevens would have fancied themselves to get something out of, a win out of this game. Um, the draw is not the end of the world for either of them. It doesn't affect it hugely so they'll go into the last
0: two rounds of this championship. Both of them are still right in there kicking. This is what Bridge manager Tim Dooley had to say after the game. Well sure, it was the last and with the calibre of James Stevens forwards. I was
1: thinking you want to be a bit more ahead but we ground it out in the end we're very happy with the draw. They're good on this team and hopefully they'll drive on from here now.
0: Tim Dooley said it there, Eddie. Happy with the draw. And Benish Bridge, they are a good, honest team. And I think you alluded to it in the first podcast we did, Mullen you You do well to beat them by more than a score. Now, two teams have ever since, which shows how much you know about Ireland. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's not happy here, ladies and gents. Um, but Benish Bridge are nearly like that now, where it looks like they're going to be a difficult side to overcome. Yeah.
1: Oh no, look, come here. You agree? Oh, no, look, I know, look I, I gotta tell you straight out, mm. it, Kilkenny's championship is unbelievably tight. And on any given day, like you look at Danes Ford who have no points so far. If Danes Ford steadied the ship in front of goal a little bit yeah. and settled, Danes Ford would have points on the board. These are they're hitting they're hitting thirteen to twenty wides a game and that's that's what's killing them. Bennett's bridge the very same as you said they're very very hard to beat the fact that they only got 10 points that's one thing but the fact that they held James Stevens to 10 points that's a massive that's a massive thing to take out of that game that mm. their defense was that strong Mulnavat, I know you're you you're, you're kind of I know you're joking when you have no, um, that miss. but like, yeah, yeah I've seen that game against the Lachlan Gales and again Mulnavat at the back they're they're, they're teeth tight they're right on you they're touch mm. tight everywhere and and they're hard to beat and that's what you have to be. be hard to beat first and then go and try and win your games, but you know but as I said to you before, you know everybody wants to win like you just be the team that doesn't want to lose,
0: yeah. Do you get me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, so because everyone's
1: trying to win, you just try not to lose, and then you're on the ball, you yeah, know. Yeah, I get it. Um, but no, I think a point each in that game isn't isn't the end of the world. The both of them will kick on. Obviously, the weather was the the big benefactor in that game. But if you go to the next game in that group, then yeah, like Aaron's own ten points again. I know you're you're down on them. you are doubling Dublin? Down on there? I a am bit at this the year. Um, Probably but,
0: a bit of bias now, to be fair. But again, Glenmore, they're just they're they're. Picking
1: up pace Nice now A little bit of a juggernaut Starting to pick up A bit of momentum there 117 to 10 points They'll be delighted With that result They'll be Really really pissed off That they're going Into a
0: break now So I was just going to say About Glenmore Would you be concerned That they're the Bennis Bridge of last year Or even the year before Where they fly through The league You're thinking Jesus, these are the main contenders to kind of get the better of the Shamrocks later in the championship and maybe they just die a debt when it matters most due to maybe lack of squad size or anything like that? Or would you just say they're winning games at a canter? They're obviously a very good team and they could fly through this championship. Yeah, look, Bob Aylward
1: has these really well set mm. up. I was lucky enough to see them against Ballyhill Shamrocks. That was no measure or means of fluke that day. Uh, and it was in really tough weather conditions as well, real strong winds. But look, they're building nicely. And what they'll be doing is every match that Glenmore win, their confidence is going to grow a little bit more. And if I was allowed to be in any camp right now, it'd be in the Glenmore camp or the Dicksburg camp. That's where I'd be. Three wins on the board, Guaranteed not to be in relegation, hundred percent. That's sorted now. You know they're sitting there. They'll have a league final. Both of them probably playing each other in a league final in a couple of weeks' time. If farm lines go as it is, one more win will put the two of them in the yeah, league I final. I think
0: Glenmore are there nearly. Um,
1: you know, you know. So like one more win and Glenmore definitely there. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have, I would imagine, Glenmore against Dixborough in a in a league yeah, final. So, yeah. But that's it's not like it's not a brilliant situation to be in. I know Manny wouldn't have predicted it at the very start of the championship. I know this guy here that you are making fun of did say that Dixborough were going to win the championship this year they're going to be in a league final and and, and Glenmore you know, Glenmore the real surprise package is intermediate I had said to you who I thought were the top four Glenmore weren't in that um, they're still not in that top four for me but, No they're not for me uh, but Do you know what Robbie they don't care if they're in minor your top four right now they're top of their group and I can tell you Bob Aylward and all these boys they're sitting smiling and I think they're getting better each week as well so granted all these other teams are going to improve as well as the championship progresses
0: but they've a gap to close now on Glenmore and Dixborough yeah, so just before I do want to get onto to Comer because that's not a good result at all to lose by 10 points in that reign. But Glenn Moore, some of their players, Alan Murphy and Owen Murphy, are the immediate ones that come to mind. But the likes of Ian Byrne, you know, the likes of Shane Murphy in the back line, and they just look very good and well rounded. They're, they're good individuals but they seem to be a better collective. They are. Um, you know, Kyle
1: Burney as well at wing forward, he's he's absolutely excellent. Uh, Shane Murphy, as you point out, is brilliant. O'Murphy Murphy at centre-back. Like, he's worth going to watch um, at centre back, he's absolutely exceptional the way he does it. He sits very similar to the way Richie Reid plays, he sits just off that 11 area, sitting in front, protecting his full backline. But he liked the connection to this one anyway, because he's a massive American football fan. But he is almost playing in a quarterback type role with Glenmore, and everything starts from him, if you know what I mean. It's his, yeah. his passes inside. Alan Murphy, his freeze are phenomenal. Like, you're after naming a few players, you haven't even mentioned Jerry Elward there. Like, yeah. this is this is a this is a bloody good Glenmore team um, and and they're going to take stopping as well. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting the knockers on them and say I think they could win the championship, but they are really, really good. They have a real, real strong balance right across that field. And then when you're on about the marquee standout players, o Murphy is a standout player for any club team in the country. Yeah. o Murphy is brilliant. And Alan Murphy, Alan was quiet by his own high standards at the weekend, but by Jesus, he's been lighting up
0: this mm. championship. Just very finally on Glenmore. My take would be maybe it's a year too soon for them. It's only their second year back at senior, but they'll have a good run at it and maybe could go one step further and actually, you know, make a final or even win it next year. Is that fair, or are we looking at a team that won't worry about any of that and could go the whole way this year?
1: No, yeah, they won't be worrying about any of that stuff. There, they, like I'd say, you probably are right. They're probably a little bit green yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when when a game is in the balance. But I just I just thought. Um, it was Glenmore was it that bet James Stevens last week actually it wasn't the yeah. girls Glenmore beat James Stevens last weekend and that to me was that was a big big win for for, for Glenmore If you, do you know what I mean that was yeah. one of them games where you'd be looking at saying like they've beaten Ballyhale Shamrocks and they've beaten James Stevens. Mm. I, I correctly said James Stevens had lost last week though Lachlan obviously it was uh, Glenmore but that's they're the games where you'd be looking at it and you'd be thinking kind of a team new with the grade and whatever else they'll get caught by the old the old dogs okay. there like like the Bally Ballyhales or, or the James Stevens I, I just think they're brewing nicely now and maybe maybe there's a risk that they might be peaking a little bit early I don't know but at the end what would his target what would have been Bob's target at the start of the year I would imagine it would have been to get as far away from relegation yeah, as you can I would have thought so too yeah. and that's plan A mm. boom, boom that's achieved now so they're, I wouldn't say they'll see it as bonus surgery. But I think the freedom that they're going to be able to play with over the next couple of weeks really has them in bonus territory.
0: Yeah, I'd have them as a dark horse as well, by the way, Eddie, along with Um Aaron Zone. I think the the only good thing Aaron Zone have going for them at the moment is Dan's forward, it feels like. They are not looking good, Eddie. I know they got the draw against the Shamrocks, but defeat the defeat to Bridge by nine points on the opening weekend and to lose by ten points in rain like that where a lot of the games, most of the games, were tight on Friday night. That can't be a good sign. No, it's 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 not like you know. It's it's kind of disappointing as well. Aaron's
1: own, on paper they've a, they've a massive panel, but they, they are obviously lacking in certain areas. You know, at, at senior level, I think, I think it's 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 starting to look really like it's going to be a shootout between Aaron's own and Dan's Fort to see who's going to hold on to that yeah. senior grade. Um, I know you really do fancy Aaron's own to get relegated well, this I year. Well, I did,
0: but you're looking at Danesford now. It's hard to know, isn't it? It but is. It's look. You know, it's unfortunate and the problem
1: when you're down at that end of the table as well, it's just so hard. Um like where's the win gonna come yeah, from? Where's hard. the momentum yeah. builder? Because the problem with relegation is when you're down there, it's you're there because you're losing consistently. Yeah. Confidence is getting sucked out of the team. And it's just if you could just get I thought Aaron's own getting the point against Bally might be the kick they needed, you know, just to get them up and going again. And unfortunately, this is going to have knocked them right back again like so you'd, you'd be worried for Aaron's own um, and as you said look, like, likewise with Dane's fourth but it's a matter of when you put the two of them teams on the field against each other in a, in a league final or in a relegation final it's going to be down to who wants it more and it won't be a classic game for the ages of no. the Kenny Hurlan. but you can be guaranteed whoever wants it more is going to stay senior
0: they're, if that comes to that Yeah they're always the worst games in fairness due to the tension um, but just I never thought that Shamrocks' result would, would be... I, I always said, and I said it to Shane O'Keefe, our presenter scoring at the weekend, I just think the results against the Shamrocks, every team raises their game for the Shamrocks. It's the, it's the luxury game of the weekend in the sense that everybody's looking at them and every opposition wants to beat them more than any other team for whatever reason. It's just there. You've got to be performing in these games. You at least have to be making a bit of a fight of it. This game was done and dusted after 20 minutes. Like, would that worry you more than anything else? It would like I mean the, the problem you have is Moore are the
1: form team in the group at the moment and that's the, the one thing I would take out of that if I was Aaron's own you're hitting the form team Okay that's the, fair The point you make about Ballyhill is, is, is completely correct everyone and I won't say you're on a shot to nothing but you are in a way we like are, yeah, yeah. Do you know like if, if you beat Ballyhill what a result but All if you right. get beaten by Ballyhill not really that yeah. big of a deal you know that was kind of expected um, look without harping down on Aaron's own Aaron's own have two games left in their group They're going to have to, I think, whether to win them or not, they're going to have to get something out of one of them games, as in, it might be lose by a point or two, but get a character-building result that the performance was there, they were unlucky, something along them lines. But
0: it's just very hard to see at the moment. Very finally on this one, Eddie, I, I think most people now would expect Aaron Zone to finish bottom two. Not to say that they will, but we would expect them. Could it be absolutely crucial finishing the difference between finishing fifth and sixth in this group when you consider they're either going to probably play one of Mullinavat, Clara, Tullerona or O'Loughlins in a relegation semi-final if they finish fifth, whereas if they finish or if they finish sixth rather, whereas if they finish fifth, they'll have 4th in the first round of the championship, which is also a relegation semi-final. More than likely, that is.
1: Yeah. Well, look, you, you want to finish as high up the table ah, as you can course, yeah. by 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 definition and logic. It'll make it a bit easier for you. Um, I think whoever finishes bottom in both groups are going to be in the relegation final against each other. I don't think either of them are going to get out of jail. Okay. You finish bottom of that group, you know, I, I, could I see Aaron's own beating any of the teams you've just mentioned there now at the moment? It's it's very hard to see it. Um, but uh, the other side of the two-door, Robbie, is I know how good Aaron's own can be. And it's just, I don't know why it's not clicking with the with the team or, you know, maybe I'm looking at past Aaron's own teams and maybe giving them too much credit for it. But they are they are struggling, but they could, like it's like a click of a switch it can happen yeah, the team of. kicks into a bit of form and the next two games are going to be very it's going to be more interesting down the bottom of the tables for the next couple of games than it is up the top
0: Yeah the top seems to be taking shape there was another game on Friday and Tullaroan, but that was in Group B so we'll just wrap up our discussion around Group A the Shamrocks and Bally Eddie 221 to 20 points finally the Shamrocks get off the mark with their first win of the season this game went as expected and finally went as expected for the Shamrocks, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it did. Um probably getting a bit closer to the Shamrocks team that we'd recognize there. I see Dean Mason was back down yeah. as a goal. So he's obviously back from his, his 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 travels away. Um from the first day I seen them play, I think Niall Shortle is back in that team. He wasn't there the day they played against them. Um, Glenmore. Glenmore, Richie Reid wasn't there for the Glenmore game, so you know they're they're motoring along nicely. They're getting players back into the panel that have been missing. Um, the win will do them well because it kind of brings them back up the table. It's not going to put them in a league final. They're not going to panic about that either. But um, Greg Ballycallan on the other side, um, I I would guarantee you, Greg Ballycallan had always this game earmarked as a game that look we're going to. Struggle to get out now with this All game, right, and yeah. and we'll kick on with the plan. But I'd
0: say both teams are happy enough for the air at the moment. Yeah, well, this is what Evan Shefflin of the Shamrocks had to say after the game.
1: Everyone, everyone has their own kind <laughs> of goals and objectives for the league and i think we're like most of the teams where we're building for the championship obviously but we know ourselves how important the league is so um we know ourselves the last two games haven't been up to standard and i don't think today it was 100 percent of what we can do but it was definitely a step in the right direction and like you said two points so we're happy enough
0: step in the right direction is that a fair assessment Teddy that they're just they're trying to get back now to the levels that we've seen them at in the past
1: oh yeah that's it um, you know I heard Pat Hoban being interviewed at the weekend and he pointed out about everybody saying that we're there for the take condition and the whole lot like mm-hmm. you can be guaranteed in their dressing room they're blaring out this podcast there with, <laughs> with me with me saying that I think that this is the, the year too far um, I, and I, I must emphasise again that I do generally go and shout for Ballyhill Charmachs in their matches do, I'm not. I'm not absolute there absolute bandwagon they complete and utter <laughs> glory hunter. But I definitely won't be shouting for them to lose again. But no. I just, I just think Evans right. It's a step in the right direction. Um, it's it's a small step, and they've a massive step to get back to where they are. And I think that's all they'll want. They've a week off now. They'll regroup. They'll come back the next two rounds of the championship. I'd expect them to come flying into them, and 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 literally, they'll need to win the two the next two rounds of the championship to show that they're they're getting to where yeah. they want to be for the first round.
0: Ballycallan, then, uh, this is just one of those games that seem to kind of came and went. Um, as you said, it's probably something that they'd expect to have happened. Uh, they're second from bottom with two points. Just, again, a bit like the opposite of the Shamrocks. They step in the wrong direction, but they'll just have to go again, really, isn't it? There, there's not much to talk about around this game, it feels like.
1: No, there isn't. Uh, the, the one, well, two things I would point out to you on that one is Karen Hoyne in goal for Greg Ballycallan. You mm. have an absolute exhibition in the goal. Um, he's one of. A number of goalkeepers that'll be battling it out for our team of the week this week. He put in a he put in a really good performance, made a couple of brilliant saves in the game. And the other one that stood out for us is Aaron McAvoy, a wing forward. He 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 gave a, an absolute exhibition for a young lad um, coming on. So the future's bright with Bally Callen, You know, okay. and in fairness to Eugene Clunen, he's he's doing a really good job. Um, they're they're working damn hard. I know they've two points on the board, they're second from bottom. That group is so Fucking congested it's not it's even funny yeah. a win could probably put them in a semi-final you know that type yeah, of win yeah. a shield final or whatever but it's it, it's it's very congested down there
0: yeah okay so that's group A we'll go through that group very briefly here Glenmore are on top with 6 points look like they're going to secure top spot another victory would do that for them then there's 3 teams on 3 points as Eddie said it's very congested James Stevens on 3 Ben Bridge on t- 3 and the Shamrocks are also on 3 then Great Valley Callan are in 5th place on 2 points Aaron's own sit on bottom with 1 point that wraps up our discussion on group A Group B began on Friday night. Tolerone were 116 to 2.8 winners over Clara. It continued until Saturday afternoon. O'Loughlin's were 115 to 110 winners over Mullinavat. And then the final game of Group B was on Sunday. Very one sided affair. Dixburg, 2.22. Danceforth, 11 points. Tolerone and Clara on Friday night. Eddie um, probably went as expected. Uh, good win for Tolerone. For Clara, again, just sort of go again, nearly, isn't it? It is. Um Tullerone Tullerone are definitely
1: a top four team in Kilkenny. Um there's no two ways around it. So whenever you play them you're going to be up against it. Yeah. Um Clara I I actually kinda of thought after after their win last week against Danes Ford, that they might it might be the spark they needed to kick it on and, and, and bring it up a notch there. Um I like I thought they were they were quite good against them um, against Danes Ford the last day. I genuinely did. I know Danes Ford had lots of chances and lots of ways in the game, but I thought Clara they were set up quite well and they looked like a team that could you know I, I, I've i no in no world will I see these in the county semi-final this year it's just like you know what I mean no one will convince yeah. me that Clara will get the county semi-final but I thought I thought I'd seen some signs of life there um, especially after the Dixburg game the first day like they were you know they got they got a particularly tough they day at rinse, the office the, yeah, yeah they did it was a tough day at the office that day Tullerone Tullerone are moving really well um, I know that they've, they've been beating in one of the games already it's this Loughlin's, year yeah. Yeah, but it's just Again, this group, with the exception of Dixborough, this group is, is, is pretty tight and it's 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 going to be hard work. There's, the two lads at the bottom are pulled away if you get me in the lads. The you have Mulnavat, Clara. For me, you have Mulder-Vat, um Clara and Dane's Fort down one end kind of battling yeah. and at the other end you have these other teams are kind of pushing to try and get it. But like Tullerone are going to be there at the business end of the championship probably. Like they're they're a really, really good team. I know Mossy Kuhn was absolutely brilliant again at the weekend. I'm a big fan of Paul Boogie in the goal. I think his pokeouts are, you know, they're they really are a serious weapon for 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 Tollerone. And I just just think if they can get it going, Garrod Dunn haven't heard enough of him in the championship this year.
0: No, I was uh, just going to say, what what do Tullerone need to take that extra step? They were tight with the Shamrocks in last year's semi final, but to be honest, I never really thought they'd get over the line. I think a lot of people would be in that boat. Are they lacking a marquee forward? maybe not in name because they have the likes of Mossy Keown Shane Walsh uh, Garrod Dunn but in performance on the big days at the moment yeah look if if, if Tullerone are going to kick on one
1: forward's not going to do that for you you have to have I think three or six forwards have to be scoring they do have it in Mossy Garrod Dunn and Shane Walsh they have savage herders on their day so they need to get that bit of consistency Shane Walsh is one of the best club herders Kenny. Mm. he's fantastic. But he needs to get that consistency and do it. He does it regularly, but he needs to do it all the time. And I know that's an awful thing to say. No, I know what you land, mean. Yeah, that's but the, he that's needs, the standard. If, if they're going to do it, you need Shane Walsh, Garrett Dunn, and Mossy absolutely flying. In midfield, the two midfielders are solid. They work hard all the time anyway, but I think they need to get a handle on it there. And I think Tommy Walsh at full-back and Porrick Walsh at centre-back, they have to control them two lines and and, and basically run it out the field. So for tuller like any team, you're going to need your seven or eight big, big players to stand up and 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 light it up for you on the day, and then it's the shockers to someone like a Dylan Simpson or a Peter Walsh or someone like that. Yeah, comes into a game. I'm not saying unexpectedly because they're very good hurters as well, but somebody like that then hits in with three or four or five yes. points. That's how you win a championship. You know, you're not going to win it with two or three. Like I said this to you about a Gales earlier on that I felt they need more of the forwards to reign. That there's always one or two of them has a good game, but there's always three or four of them are quiet. Likewise with Tolleron, they're going to need four forwards firing on any given day, and specifically them three big boys up front. I mean, like they're a frightening prospect if they do hit form with the likes of like I, I'm a massive Gareth Dunn fan. Like I think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Mossy Kion, I know everybody knows he's a super hurler and Shane Walsh is brilliant as well. So, look you know there's no harm in Clara I'd be looking at that saying it's you know it's not the end of the world and it's not a it's not a pummeling either it's not like the the defeat to Dixburg. this is it was a tight enough game as well like okay,
0: well that's Tullerone this is what Clara manager Mick Purcell had to say after the game
1: in this championship you have to be trying to get up as far as you can in the table because you know the History would show that the farther up the table they are, the more likely they are to, to stay longer in the championship Look sir, we are where we are that's what we can we do now only go out and have a go at the Loughlin's the next two weeks time
0: and hopefully pick up points there He emphasised there the importance of being as high up the table as possible Eddie but that suggests to you where some teams might be happy with their lot or in and around happy with their lot in the league once they're not fighting relegation Mick Purcell is identifying the next two games as Opportunities, but also a necessity to get results. These are necessities to get results. Clara, mm. beyond no illusions,
1: Clara in a relegation battle here. But do
0: you remember, like, say, what I'm saying? I suppose last year, said Village were in a relegation semi final without ever feeling too stressed about it, it felt like. And then they kicked on for the championship. Like, Clara probably aren't in that boat, obviously.
1: Like James Stevens, both. Yeah. No, James Stevens were in a relegation semi final, and everybody thought, well, that was because they decided to take it handy in the league championship. Clara aren't deciding to take it handy in the league championship. Clara are where they are because of being on the wrong end of of, of two heavy defeats. They've beaten Dane's fourth. Up next for them is O'Loughlin Gales. Like, that'll be a cracker because it's kind of almost nearly like a derby game because they're so close together, you know. Yeah. But they're going to have to be really up for it. I've been to see O'Loughlin Gales twice this year. I I can't see O'Loughlin Gales not beating Clara. Um, unless something really big happens over the next two weeks I know Mikey Butler picked up a knock the other day I'm hoping he's going to be back um, but if Clara play that game Clara lose that game say but sake, and I'm not saying that they'll definitely lose no. but I think I think O'Loughlin Gales are a better team than Clara they lose that that means they're playing Mull in their last game um, it's Clara against Mull in the last game and the loser in that game is going into a relegation semi-final and all the momentum the wrong momentum Is with the team that's in that losing in that relegation semi final, and then who are they going to be tossed up against on the opposite side? At the moment, it could be uh, one of Greg Ballycallan,
0: Ballyhale, Shamrocks, Bennett's Bridge, or James Stevens. I I tend to agree with all of that. I think you can't be winning. If you finish fifth in that group, you'll more than likely face Aaron Zone. Now, we say more than likely, we don't know yet. Possibly Greg Ballycallan, maybe another team, but I think that's unexpected. If you finish third or fourth, you could come up against the village. Venice Bridge or the Shamrocks in the first round would you at all think to yourself fifth we are in a bit of a relegation battle but if we back ourselves, we might have a better chance of making our way through the championship rather than going up against the village or the Shamrocks in the first round just being knocked out yeah. like this is Clara we're not talking about a team that are happy enough to stay up like this is a team that won county championships over the last decade yeah no look come here <laughs> I'm not but saying they're going to purposefully lose but no you know but I mean. uh, look
1: the principle that you're saying is, is correct in the sense that would a game against Aaron's Own in the first round of the championship be a much easier game than James Stevens, Bennettsbridge, or Ballyhale Shamrocks? Of course it would. Yeah, but do you want to take that gamble? You yeah. go and you end up playing in that first That's round question, championship game. You can't. She'd so want to be absolutely mad. you would be taken out of the place, and the lads in the white coats be coming for you. You go and you play Aaron's Own, who I've said to you a million times already. They have it in them. Aaron's Own. You remember Aaron's Own got out of jail last year. These boys are pros at this, like. So Aaron's Own then turned around, and the one day that the click. And next thing, bang, they put in this massive performance. And you're sitting on the side of the field you're Martin Byrne with Clara and you're kind of scratching your head thinking, holy shite!" the boys on yeah. the radio said that it'd be an easier game for us. Now we're in the relegation final. No,
0: but I suppose what I'm saying is, say you're... No, I can say, say your say, point is yeah, right. Like if you're, say, uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful towards certain clubs here, but like a Bally Callen or a Glenmore or an Aaron Zone. Like, if you if it was first round championship and out and you're not in a relegation final, everybody would probably take that. knuckle in more now, obviously, but start of the championship, maybe. Should Clara not expect a bit more of themselves or is this just the level they're at at the moment? No, it's, it's not about expecting. Of
1: course they should expect more of themselves. And I'm not saying that that's what they... Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not relegating Clara here or putting them no, into that. No, but, but the point that I would make to you is you deal, you deal with that. The hand that you're dealt hasn't mm. been a wonderful championship so far for Clara. That could change the next two rounds. But if it doesn't, you're not going into your last league round game saying, right, if we lose here to Mullen we're, we're grand, we're playing Aaron's own. They're not, they can't look at it like that. Yeah. So they have to go. And then the other thing you have to have remember in your mind is, if you're still senior next year, you can go again, you can correct any of the wrongs that you've had, and it's not the end of the world. This is a management team's first year, the new management team. This is their first season with them. So everything takes a little bit of time as well. So I, I, I don't know, but I know if I was over Clara, the last thing I'd want to be doing is playing... Aaron's own and relegations yeah, I do I do prefer to be playing Ballyhead, Shamrocks in the yeah. first round
0: No I do agree I'm just playing Devil's Advocate on that one uh, Mulder, Nevada and Eddie 115 to 110 to O'Loughlin's you were at that game uh, a lot of these games I don't know for whatever reason feel like a bit like just write them off and on to the next round is it because of the break or something like that or am I looking into it a bit too much
1: No the, the games they weren't played with that type Like there was a real the second half of this match in particular there was a real championship feel to it there was a couple okay. of big hits and um, Mulnavat obviously were still stung by their performance mm. last week um, I spoke to the manager after the game as well and he, he alluded to that himself he, you know I, I probably <laughs> probably let him into it by starting off by saying you got a right pounding last week you know so he explained that you know that they'd had a tough week and they needed a reaction to it I knew by him he was really disappointed Yeah, I, I knew by him and I know you're going to be disappointed when you lose a match anyway but I think he was really disappointed because they actually played very very well they had I'm going to say four really good goal chances. Um, Stephen Murphy in the goal for Lachlan Gales made a couple of absolutely brilliant saves. And then the goal they got was the most fortuitous goal. Huey Lawler went up to grab a ball mm. a full-back and dropped it completely uncharacteristically and the ball dropped into the back of the net. So like they had four great goal chances, took none of them and then they got a 65 that dropped into the back of the net. But it was a it was a step in the right direction for mull Navat. I know Bally Hale are saying about stepping in the right direction. I think mull Navat that's the step that they, they needed. Yeah. They'll, the break will do them well now they'll train hard this week and I wouldn't like to be facing into Mulder the next two weeks I could see them picking up points over the next two games and and, and getting themselves into the championship proper again
0: well, you mentioned him there. This is what column O'Burn, the of nevac manager, had to say when he spoke to you after the game.
1: We'd be very disappointed, yeah, but we'd be very encouraged by the way we played, um, particularly in terms of tackling, work rate, the physicality. Last week in alone, we didn't bring any of that physicality to the game. We were flat and they were very good, and we got what we deserved. This week, our goal was to come out and, I suppose, at least not be found wanting in terms of work rate, and I feel we did that. So I'm happy with that, but very, very disappointed with the result.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment in terms of, on the face of it, disappointed with the result. But feels like the old one in the Vat maybe came back after the hiding they got against Tullerone. It uh, did. Um,
1: the other thing as well, because I hadn't seen one in the Vat hurling this season yet, mm-hmm. I went to see them in the football, all right, is you forget sometimes. This Mulnavat team are absolutely huge. Oh, yeah. They really, they really <laughs> are. Like I, I, I was home and I said it to my wife. I said, I, "I'm never living in Mulnavat. Like yeah, I just yeah. couldn't handle looking up all day long. Like they're just, they're just such." And I know Colum When I spoke to Colum after the game, he, like he, he he said about the physicality that they bring in the whole lot. But he he kind of alluded to how hard Mulnavat find to get freeze and he's actually not off the mark on that, that statement. Okay. Mulnavat, if you watch, and I'd love to I'd love to do the stats on a championship season for Mulnavat, freeze conceded versus freeze awarded. Like there's certain players in Mulnavat that just don't get freeze. Liam Fenley never gets a free. He's just too big. So when he gets the ball and he comes breaking out, he's either overcharging, or if there's two or three lads pulling out him, it's very, very rare freeze given like, you know, against them. And they have that all around the field. There's there's big, big men on the Big man him. bias. and I wouldn't say it's on part like Mick Malone's a huge man as well like there's no small men there like I mean you know George O'Connor's probably the smallest in the corner back and he's probably touching six foot as well you know but they're just they're just a big bunch of lads Um, but Jeremy Malone I, I, I don't know I just when he said it to me it, it was something that I thought about in my mind afterwards and I'm not saying like the referee had a good game yeah. uh, genuinely had a good game Gavin Quilty uh, and, and, and it's in no way shape or form or a slight on Gavin I'm just saying in general because they're so big when they go into them 50-50 balls it's nearly 60-40 in favour of the opposition yeah, because I get they're, you. They're, they're so no, big 100% Um and the other thing that did happen in the game, which I thought was. I, I, I found it really funny actually at the time. Connor Everard was doing umpire on our on, linesman on the side that we were doing commentary from. And uh, there was a ball tussled for on the sideline. One of the Mulnavat players pulled on it. And, or one of the O'Loughlin Gales players pulled on it. It hit a Mulnavat player on the helmet and went out for a sideline. But the referee had awarded the sideline to Mulnavat. Or the linesman awarded the sideline to Mulnavat. He wasn't to see a clip in the helmet. But Brian Hogan and I think it might have been Mickey Comfort I don't want to blame Mickey or Brian now but they were yeah. right behind the linesman like, like Conor Evers not the biggest man in the world Brian Hogan is absolutely <laughs> huge Casting cast shadow and Brian was like that's our ball and there was a bit of a yoke for a minute or two and next thing the linesman correctly reversed the decision and gave the okay. ball to O'Loughlin Gales now the point that I made to Ronnie was generally this is where I end up departing the, the field uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> so, and Ronnie said it's, oh. you know, it's a sideline ball it's not the end of the world but it was that sideline ball was turned possession turned over for O'Loughlin Gales O'Loughlin Gales took the sideline code drove it down the side and I think it was Owen or Mark Bergen one or the other got it into the hand turned and struck it straight over the bar and levelled up the game if that ball had went the other way Mulder yeah. could have got that score and went two points up and it's, it's small margins it was the correct no, decision right, yeah. it was the correct decision but if Brian Hogan Hadn't Have challenged the decision The decision wouldn't have been reversed That's a guarantee now Okay. And it was a one point swing Now I'm not saying The other thing as well Is Brian Hogan on the side of the pitch Because I haven't seen him for so long yeah, yeah. My God almighty He wouldn't be able to play some Mulnavat. He can go and no, live in Mulder
0: Yeah he wasn't a bad hurler So just just before we get on to a Lachlan Mulder They'll be alright won't they? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they're not. Yeah, no, no, at the air, But they're gonna to have to it's like everything else. You know, everything it's all about the form of momentum. Yeah, yeah, they, to they're, perform they're, as well, yeah. But but they're losing games. They need to get that win to get that to stop the rot, as we'll say.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Man of the match in that game that you awarded to Eddie was Mark Bergen. Before we get on to Lockins, as I say, here is what Mark had to say when he spoke with Adrian Ronan after the match.
1: These younger lads, they give you a bit of life again every year. Um, you mentioned Owen there and Dave Fordy, Jordan Malloy, Connor Kelly, Owen O'Shea. They These lads have an awful lot of underage experience and titles, but you know it's a huge step up to senior. Um, They've been with us the last three or four years. Um, Hopefully they're coming of age now and they can drive us
0: on. The younger lads, Eddie, uh, Owen Wall that I know very well, play soccer with him actually, he's a brilliant hurler. The likes of Owen O'Shea that I went to school with and Kieran's another superb hurler, Connor Heary. Mikey Butler still one of those younger lads, Hugh Lawler is relatively young even though he's in his mid-twenties. Uh, they are a very good team, all Auckland Gales and will they almost be happy in the sense that they're coming under the radar more than the borough? As contenders to win the county title, and there's not as much talk about them. Yeah, there's
1: not as much talk about them at the moment, um, and the reason there's not as much talk about them at the moment is because they might lack it a little bit in the in the forwards department. That's where, like, you have to remember a couple of years ago, Paddy Deegan was playing full forward here, yeah, um, and that was that wasn't by ch- design. That was by choice that they, they needed scores from somewhere, and I can see where they're lacking it a small bit. What blew me away with these the other day, Stephen Murphy and goal was absolutely brilliant Mikey Butler picked up a knock early enough in the game so I I, I wouldn't rate him on his performance you get me he didn't yeah, have long enough yeah. there but we know Mikey Butler's probably the best cornerback in Ireland um, Hugh Lawler was absolutely brilliant at fullback like just unbelievable like he really really was and in fairness to she knocks to the other end of the field for um. Like he wasn't afraid to run at him and I know that like, Colin Burnet points that out as well Hugh is a monster brilliant fullback centre-back Paddy Deegan like you expect these players to stand out but for me and I said it to Ronnie Affords David Fogarty and Jordan Malloy the two wing-backs were absolutely brilliant okay. and that gives them a half-back line that sets up everything all the best teams in the country you win your championships on your half-back line and if you look down along the best half-back line in Ireland at the moment is the Limerick half-back line yeah. that's why they're winning all Ireland's Lock and Gales have the best half-back line I've seen David Fogarty Paddy Deegan Jordan Malloy, absolutely class yeah. what they need then is Marcus doing his bit in the forwards O'Sean, or wall I should say was very good the other day the rest of the lads are chipping him a little bit keen. Loy played intermediate first round he was playing the other day he got I'd say he maybe got one point hit three or four whites but by Jesus was he on some ball he worked and he's a big man as well he worked he was throwing himself around he was everywhere I think he got taken off at about 7 or 8 minutes ago maybe or did he get moved out to midfield he was switched anyway yeah, yeah. late in the game but again and I said it to Ronnie on another day them strikes are going over the bar and he's getting mad at the match you know mm-hmm. but I think that's just the one thing are O'Loughlin is going to be happy where they are yes they will they'll be delighted where they are they have a couple of weeks now and what they need to be working on is forwards forwards forwards
0: can you work on that or do you just have it forward? Do
1: you know Are what you, I mean? You, look, you, you can't. You, you're not going to create a TJ Reid or an Own no. Cody during a two-week break in a championship. But what you can do is you can work the ball out. Like They hit a couple of bad wides the last day of Lachlan Gales. I think they maybe got seven or eight wides. But five of them wides were wild shots that shouldn't yeah. be getting taken on. Um, you can work the ball to your shooters to do a little bit better. I'd be fancying David Fordy and Jordan Malloy with, with shots if you could create the space for them to run into them channels and pop the scores. And I think it's just, it's just that bit. Mark's right the young lads will drive you on but at the same time the young lads are a little bit green and they'll tend to take on shots that probably aren't on Uh, i seen one in the first half I can't remember which of the lads did it hit it from the touchline over his shoulder in a gale force wind against it out on the sideline I mean a cross between Joe Canning and TJ Reid would have struggled to hit it. One of the young lads took it on. Fair juice to him, God bless his... Yeah. You know, but the minute he hit it, I said it, like Ronnie said, this is going to tail off and I said, well if it doesn't Ronnie, we may just pack it in and yeah, head home because yeah. this is the score of the century. You know? And it's them type of shots that you have to eliminate them because it doesn't matter in a five point win, it's when you lose by a point, you look back on them yeah, and you yeah. say, well there's the bit we lost the game," And that's why I was saying about that sideline ball, the decision being reversed. That was a one point game. Betcha you you want That's what we'll be talking about today First up and foremost to be saying about The sideline ball was reversed
0: Okay That's all Auckland's And Mullen and Uh The final game of the weekend There's not a lot to talk About the game But there is a lot to talk About both clubs Dixborough 222 Dane's Fort 11 points We'll start with the bad Because I want to end on a positive In our senior talk uh, Dane's Fort I said Aaron's zones One good thing for them Is Dane's Fort <sighs> This is pretty desperate stuff at Looking at it at the moment Eddie In isolation 8 point loss to Mullinavat 10 point loss in their next game to Clara and then losing by 17 points to Dixborough uh, it's getting worse on the scoreboard is it getting worse on the pitch
1: look it is they've, they've came up against the best team in Kilkenny at the moment um, I'd say Dixborough a little bit ahead of even Glenn Moore at the moment in my opinion okay. um, I think <coughs> Dixborough it's, it, the, the hardest thing about playing against Dixborough is they're flying at the moment number one and number two is they've, like, two completely separate game plans joined into one game plan. So you go out and you think, right, they're going to play a running game on us. We'll be ready for that. We'll set up. We'll get deep. We'll get tight. And the minute you do that, they start playing a long game. They're drilling balls in on top of the full forward line. And they have ball winners inside in the full forward line. The likes of Andy Gaffney, who had a, mm. a you know, shown out light the, the other day as well. He shot match. the lights out, yeah. But, like, it's just hard for Danesford. It's so hard for an intermediate team coming up to the senior grade everything comes at you that little bit faster like a junior team stepping up into the intermediate grade it just comes at you that much quicker and unfortunately for Danesford they're coming up to the senior grade when their marquee players are just probably coming back to the field a small bit the likes of your Paul Murphys and your Richie Hogans they're coming back to the field and and you know no one can question it like they've been absolutely stalwart to the club oh. but it's it's just a tough time for Danes Ford. It was notable to me how small the Four team is physically and how young the Four team is in general. Like they, They're talking out 30, 35. I think there was 35 lads togged out the first day I went to watch them play. Like They were doing a warm-up and they took up one whole half of the field. But, <laughs> but there were so many young yeah. lads there. If Fort I don't know how they're going to do it, but if they could pull it out of the fire and last another year at senior... It would be just brilliant for them yeah. I think you just I know it sounds stupid but you just have to get a couple of years up there to solidify yourself as a senior team if they go
0: straight back down it could take them oh, yeah. 20 years to come back up I said it to Shane on yesterday's show he was asking me about Dane's Fort and I just casted an opinion on it there's 12 teams in the league 11 teams are probably still looking at their remaining league games Dane's Fort now with the greatest respects to their next two games in the league against Tullerone and Do all eyes, not just one eye, have to be on that first round championship relegation semi-final game and use the next two games and the next kind of break and play in terms of training and that to peak for that game? Or do you just, like, where are they at, like, realistically?
1: Where where they're at realistically is they nearly have a shot to nothing with their next two games. If they win either of them two games, the lift that'll give that group. But they had a shot to nothing against the borough really, Eddie, didn't they? They did and it didn't work out but they've two more of them Yeah, Do you know like ultimately if they lose their next two games they're still in the exact same situation they're going to be in if they win one of their next two games they're going to be in the relegation semifinals yeah. I think and I'm being in no way disrespectful to Ford, I and I mean this I would love danceford to stay up so because annoying, I think yeah. I think Willie Coogan's a brilliant manager um, genuinely
0: he's I, very positive after every game so Willie, he's obviously sees something doesn't well, he well,
1: look Willie Coogan's a super he like I remember him when he was with Mooncoin as well like I mean he's Willie Coogan's a really good Harlem man he's a very good manager he knows himself that it's a monumental task that's been put in front of Dainsford this year but they all know it they just need to win one of them relegation games they're going to be in it they're going to have to win one of them two games and are they capable of doing it they are they're more than capable of doing it but at the moment I'm sure it's heads are down the whole lot so what 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 do you want Willie Coogan to do drop his head as well I think he's doing the right thing. Head up, nice and positive. Everybody work together. Let's do this. We're, we've got ourselves into this position. They won the intermediate championship last year. Not many people gave them any chance of winning that intermediate no. last year, you know. So they unexpectedly won the intermediate championship and deservedly. Like I mean, they won the game after extra time in a in a in a in a ding dong game. But they are where they are now. They have three games left at this grade. I think they've got two possibly two World Cup finals in the sense of a relegation semi-final and a relegation final win one of them and you've had the best season of the year
0: You have like Bally Callan did last year uh, Remains to be seen if that will happen very briefly on the borough because we've spoken a lot about them in this podcast on, and over the last two podcasts you said they're they're the best team in Kilkenny at the moment have you seen enough to suggest that they'll be the best team in Kilkenny until October? Yeah it's a big ask for them to keep going at this rate from now Um what I'd be looking at
1: if I was Michael Welch the, the break is probably coming right at the wrong time if you get me yeah, because um, you have all the momentum go and win next week well the first week back go and win your game then and then the next week afterwards rest everybody bring in all the young lads that you want to give a run to let them get a taste of senior hurling do that get yourself ready for your league final go and win the league final trophies are hard come by in, in, in Kilkenny uh, go and win your league final and you're flying then going into the first round of the championship or you know, you know everything is the way you want it. Yeah. Um so I, I do do they have enough to keep them going? they half, they've an absolutely brilliant panel. Um I know Killian Buckley played at the weekend, um Killian Buckley played at the weekend, Shane Stapleton played at the weekend. Um so you know, they they have they have, in my eyes, twenty two, twenty three senior hurlers in their panel. And that's what you need to win a championship. Look whoever beats Dixborough this year is gonna win a championship.
0: Yeah, I said that yesterday. It's hard to look past that. But the village bet them last year and didn't win the championship. Are we are we giving our opinion a bit too early, do you think? Oh, well, I gave mine before the championship started. Mm. Um, <laughs> and you went with the borough just to remind people yeah, to the yeah. whole thing.
1: Yeah, no, I did. Um, and I see nothing to change my mind. I think they I think yesterday's win, you know, they were always going to win that game. Um, against Danceforth. You would have always expected Dixport to win the game. Um because both of them are in different Spheres at the moment, but be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of games. What does Michael Welch do? Does he start resting some of the players? You know, or, or, or what way do you look at it? But it's it's a hard one to call. I I, I would just love to be in the Dixburg camp at the moment.
0: Okay, that's the senior side of things to go through the group. Be then the table. It is Dixburg on top with six. O'Loughlin and Tullerone are on four points. Claren one of on two. Ford on zero points. So that's the senior side of things in terms of the results last weekend we're not going to look ahead to the next round of fixtures because there is a two week break so we'll do that on next week's podcast what we are going to do and something that we introduced last week is our senior team of the week uh, picked by Eddie Scalley, just to say no, no, picked by the two of us to be fair um, but it was at Scally who left Blanchfield out last week isn't that right Eddie?
1: Yeah, I was blamed for it anyway yeah. um, to be fair um, so I'd like to start off by apologising to yeah, the you Blanchfield who <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Who the people that were at the match uh, didn't didn't tell us didn't they didn't oh they did they did straight after the team of the week was named they said oh David Blanchfield <laughs> was brilliant and I said well you didn't send that into the yeah into the message however um he had a wonderful performance but I said that to you and I meant it at the time as well I,
0: I wouldn't I, what player were you going to drop off last week's team of the week I think it, I think it was a good team yeah genuinely I, you know I know it was and I think fairness. it's what, this is one of these things where and I'm not kind of backing ourselves here you pick a team and it's wrong and if you pick a different team with 15 different players it's also wrong and the same people that think it's wrong will always think it's wrong
1: look i I told you already a friend of mine said it to me a couple of weeks ago that not not what was it he said not every, not every not no not everybody with a social media account is a prick but every prick has a social media account <laughs> um, but no look the, the truth of the matter is that, look opinions are like bums we all have one yes um, so uh, you know this comes with a caveat of if you completely agree with this you want to get yourself straight into the that's hospital true
0: well. yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: that's true as well yeah that's true as well right so without we'll further ado it.
0: yeah we'll go through it then uh, we'll name the team at the end and we'll do what we did last week in terms of just starting from the goalie and moving our way through goalkeeper Eddie uh, who's made it and who were the contenders
1: yeah it was it was, it was a big week for goalkeepers uh, Paddy Hogan uh, by all accounts was absolutely brilliant just yeah. in goal for Ford. Uh tough day at the office then, so going up against Dixborough Kieran Huyne for Greg Bally Callan. Um, again, he, he, he gets a very honourable mention as well. But the person who's filling the boot, position and goals for us this week is uh, Stephen Murphy for O'Loughlin Gales. Okay. Phenomenal first half performance. Three or four point blank saves that he made. His puck outs throughout the game, particularly against the wind. His use of the ball was just brilliant. He was finding his men with every poke out the whole lot. Really deserving of it. Um he he put in a top class shifting goal there this weekend.
0: He was also amongst the contenders last weekend. His puckouts have been spoken about a lot around the county. He's obviously having a very good season. He is, and like the way O'Loughlin games are setting up, like their puckouts were a joy to watch the other
1: day. And it was by design. Like you had Mark Bergen kind of pushing back in towards midfield for it. the two midfielders were dropping into the pocket in between the centre backs and the wing back against the wind, that is now looking for it. Yeah. But when you're hitting a puck out like that. That needs to be spot on. If you if you're out by yeah, a yard, yeah. it's straight over the bar for the opposition. So he he really was brilliant, and it's it's a really good pokeout strategy to, to have. And they're well able to mix it go long go short but um, no he's he, he's a big catalyst there and if full Auckland girls are going to have something to say in this championship he's going to have to keep up that form. OK full back lane Eddie. yeah now again this is coming with it's own caveat there We'd, you're putting six defenders in really as opposed to to to, to 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 filling in positions you're putting in the six best defenders in Kilkenny at the weekend the two unlucky ones there both Bally Hale, and um, Richie Reid um, by all accounts had a really big second half for Ballyhale Shamrocks last week I think without being at the game reading from Taggy's reports he, he came back and said that he thought Richie was exceptional in the second half so it's quite unlucky not to make it but the the back six you have them there in front of you there
0: Yeah I do so we're putting Shane Murphy of Glenmore at cornerback Tom Aylward is in a fullback he's of Mullen Lavat Owen Fenley then is the other cornerback he plays for the Borough Half-back line, David Fogarty of O'Loughlin. Gales, Owen Murphy of Glenmore is centre-back. And Timmy Clifford, Timmy Clifford rather, of Dixborough is half-back. So uh, that's our back line. We'll go through the full-back line, Eddie, and I do want to run through this. Uh, Shane Murphy, Tom Aylward, Owen Fenley. I don't think any of them actually play in the full-back line. But as you say, uh, we just have to pick kind of the six best defenders as we see it at the moment from what we're getting in from the lads. Um... Three solid players and three players that had a good weekend,
1: obviously. Definitely is. And there's two things that you need to be kind of aware of on this as well. A lot of teams are setting themselves up, and their half back lines are there. That's where everything comes from. Yes. So hence, half backs are going to stand out. Like Jordan Malloy can feel disappointed that he's not in the team of the week this week. So can Paddy Deegan. You know, and that's just yeah. too off the top of my head. Um, but a lot of teams are building it off it. the other thing that's happening as well is as, as, a, as a proud supporter of defenders all over the world <laughs> the full backs union of Ireland will tell you that they're coming up against the, the Owen Cody's the Adam Gaffney's yeah. these lads are on fire and they're getting fed all these balls from the half back line so the full back lines are under savage pressure yeah. um, but this week as it happened I think all six of our backs are half backs it's just coincidental on it but but the, the three you've mentioned first there, actually all six of them were, were genuinely okay. they were all excellent I wouldn't, I'd argue every one of them has worked their way there
0: Okay, we've won Murphy at centre back. The two half we've spoken about him actually. So the two half backs, David Fogarty and Timmy Clifford. First off, on Fogarty, how good a player is he for people that are unaware?
1: Oh, he's fantastic. Uh, he really is. Um, it's 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 not just his defensive attributes. He's very good under a high ball. He's tight marker, but. What he gives you going forward is is is, is absolutely okay. excellent. He's breaking into the spaces down the wing. I think he chipped in with a couple of scores. He definitely got one really good score in front of us on the side. Jordan Malloy is very similar on the opposite side. Um, you know the O'Loughlin Gales backs are just they're just bloody class. Yeah.
0: do they're, they have the best back line in the county, or is that too far? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they
1: do. Yeah, I think so. you've treated any starting backs: mm. Mikey Butler, Hugh Lawler, Paddy Deegan. After watching David Fogarty for a second time the other day, yeah. I think I think he's I don't know how old David Fogarty is, but I must, I should have checked that the other day. But like this 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 kid is absolutely brilliant. Like I'm assuming he's young because for
0: Kenny Pan and stuff like
1: definitely yeah. yeah, brilliant. And Jordan Malloy on the other side is the same. And then not to leave out Rowan Buckley, a Carter back there on his own. The yeah, of six course, yeah. the six O'Loughlin Gales backs are, are are superb. And and I tell you, Tony Forrest will come on as a sub. For Mikey Butler and Tony Forrestal is a savage back as well. Right. O'Loughlin right. oh, Gales
0: and then they're managed by Brian Hogan. <laughs> it's just, well, you know, backstream. This is it. Oh, no, they're, they're very good. Okay. And Timmy Clifford at halfback, we'd be used to seeing him for underage Kilkenny teams, underage Dixborough teams, and even on the Kilkenny panel this year, more in the offensive side of the pitch around the forward, half forward line. Um, what's he like as a halfback for the Borough?
1: Look, he's, he's 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 pushing forward as well. He's he's chipping him at scores. He's dropping in and out midfield as well now. So he okay. is kind of he is working around that middle third of the field. And um, you'd have to go and watch the Borough play to to understand the setup of it. The Borough would be playing with maybe in certain games you could have maybe two inside in the full forward line, and everyone's out around that middle third, winning that ball, and then they're working it back in quick if you know what I mean. And then other times they're working it through the line. So it's 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 kind of. I wouldn't say it. it's it's not your old school. You're holding seven. I'm holding six. Yeah. He's holding five. You've the centre back Tom Kenny is kind of dropping back a small bit to protect in front of the full back line and stuff, but um, Clifford's been brilliant. He's just been on lots of ball. Yeah. He's hitting lots of scores. He's, he's doing his job. He 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 deserves to be in there as well. He's he's super.
0: Okay, that's the goalie and
1: the six backs. Does the two midfielders, Eddie. Yeah, this is um this this was the hardest position to pick of the weekend. Um, Shane Stapleton, you know. He's been absolutely robbed probably not being in the team. Um, we can't play three midfielders but he was unlucky not to be in the team. He, he had a brilliant game. Yeah. But the two we went for played on Friday night in absolutely horror conditions. They weren't marking each other. They were the opposite guys but Lukey Scanlon there for James Stevens, and Kevin Blanchfield for Bridge. Both of them put in brilliant shifts. And I think both of them got three points for play as well.
0: Yeah. So just to let people know we do tend to lean towards our man of the matches from each game because it would seem counterintuitive not to put them in Kevin Blanchfield won it on Friday night so he was a shoe in to make the team and then it was kind of between Luke Scanlon and Shane Stapleton fair to say we gave it to Scanlon because it was 3 points out of 10 for the village all of them coming from play and it was a tighter game which probably went against Shane Stapleton unfortunately whether that's right or wrong we don't know but we've we've just given it to Scanlon barely
1: yeah this is it look and like what I would say is any of the three of them would have deserved yeah, the, the yeah. start. Do you get me? Um Luke Scannon's fully deserving of it. I think I think he's having a season this year for three
0: points r- in each game from play. Yeah,
1: he's having a season for Kilkenny. Um I like him a lot as well as a player. I think I think he's he's superb. I personally, I'd have him closer to the goal myself. But you look, Brian Cody's over. Yeah. <laughs> James <laughs> Stevens she's familiar Hasn't enough. A Not <laughs> a chance, no. But uh, you know, but I, I look, in fairness to, to Luke, he's he, he's doing a brilliant job there, and I'm delighted for him. Um, and I just said Shane, but again, you know, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be wanting with any of the two of the three of these in your midfield.
0: Okay, that's the midfield then. Luke Scanlon and Kevin Blanchfield half forward line Eddie.
1: Yeah, so again, because I have them all listed as forwards
0: um, Okay uh, I have it here It's Aaron, Aaron McAvoy is right half forward Mossy Kiona, at centre forward left half forward is Adrian Mullen Yeah, Adrian Adrian got man of the match in the Ballyhill um, game He's playing it, isn't
1: he? He is, yeah he's, but you know what he. Like, people forget this as well. Adrian's season started about four weeks ago or five weeks ago. Like, he missed a good bit of the championship there with his injury. He only came back after the Leinster, and he didn't play the Leinster final. He only got back for the All Ireland semi final. Um, so, yeah. he's, he's only had two games for Kilkenny, and now he's into the club. He's played three games. He's, <clears throat> he's going to be peaking at the right time for fear everybody else. In the, in the county be aware of that but this is a French Adrian Mullen, and he's been absolutely fine. he got mad of the match in that game um, We went Mossy Keown at centre forward um, Mossy was monumental for, for Tullerone again he's just a, a man mountain and Aaron McAvoy um, again you know I haven't heard of Aaron McAvoy before he, he's obviously an up uh, and coming young player I'm assuming he's Brian McAvoy's son I'm not I, I I'm, believe so Yeah. yeah not, I wouldn't even be 100% on that there and um, you know obviously Tracy Millay as well yeah. it is my mum so <laughs> Not bad. Got, he's, he's got his pedigree would be suggesting yeah. if that is the case I presume it is but I think from my reports that I'm getting back he got 10 points in that game as well um, now from play I wouldn't think so I'd say he was on freeze too we will have to get that confirmed
0: Sean Rang usually takes freeze for Bally Callan but I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually don't know.
1: But he was marked weird. up. He was circled as one of the lads there for yeah. me. Anyway, so yeah,
0: I, had, whatever happened, he had an, obviously had a brilliant game and more than worthy more of making this team.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And then you're going into the full forward line. It was much easier. Um, p- well, it wasn't much easier, but it was easier mm-hmm. picking that full forward line there. So if um, we went push Mark Bergen into the full forward lane to get him yeah. into the team he was man of the match in the O'Loughlin games Andy Gaffney at full forward um, and Ian Byrne from Glenmore in the corner as well Ian got 1-1 I think in the Glenmore game um,
0: That's a big performance as well now f- from the three Adam Gaffney's been lighting it up for Dixborough Andy Gaffney yeah, Andy he's Gaffney. absolutely flying it um, Mark Bergen and Andy Gaffney as you say one man of the match Ian Byrne 1-1 I think there in that second half uh, when it was going hard for them um, so three potent forwards is that fair to say? Oh, 100% yeah. um, You know
1: <clears throat> Andy Gaffney has been he's been Andy Gaffney and Mark Bergen I think I think Mark Bergen's have to get man of the match in every O'Loughlin Gales game this year He's very close to it if he hasn't no,
0: he's close to it I'd say um, Probably didn't win it the night they last to the Borough but.
1: Uh, Well obviously and I'd say who yeah. won it would you think that night? I don't know I'm going to say it was going to be either Timmy Clifford or Andy Gaffney Yeah
0: I don't think it was Andy Gaffney might have been though I'd have to look back on it
1: well, he's been very very good this year it have been he's.
0: Timmy Clifford Bill Sheen definitely won it the first day against Clara um, I can't remember who was the the match in that night but um, we'll just run through this team anyway uh, to let people know in goal Stephen Murphy full back line Shane Murphy Tom Aylward Owen Fenley the half back line David Fogarty Owen Murphy and Timmy Clifford the midfield duo are Luke Scanlon and Kevin Blanchfield Aaron McAvoy, Mossy Keown, Adrian Mullen are the half forward line. And then the full forward line reads Mark Bergen, Andy Gaffney and Ian Byrne. So that is our team of the week for round three of the St. Kansas Credit Union Kilkenny Senior Hurling League. Do let us know what you think. Intermediate side of things then. Eddie in Group A Fiends were 12-point winners or 12 points to 10 winners over St. Martins on Friday night. Also a two-point victory for Liz Downey against Connie Shamrocks. That game finished two goals and 11 points to one goal and 12 points the other game in Group A took place on Sunday a largely one sided game. Mooncoin two goals and 20 points. Young Ireland's 14 points. In Group B, there was one game on Friday night. I said that, that game was largely one sided. This was majorly one sided. Thomastown, three goals and 21 points. Blacks and Whites, one goal and six points. Magan were 16 points to 14 winners over Roar and Estieg on Saturday. And then the final intermediate game of the weekend took place on Sunday evening. It saw Carrick Shock come out on top again. So Loughlin Gales on a scoreline of 4.14 to 2.18. We'll go straight into Group A, Eddie. The two games on Friday night Fiend's and St Martins first of all um, St Martins coming in with two wins from two Fiennes two losses on the bounce this was a bit of a surprise do you think or should we have expected it considering how close these sides would have been over the last number of years
1: um, I suppose it is a bit of a shock Rob because uh, Saint Martins had been going quite well, and they got a big win last week. Like, Um so for that reason, you'd say it's a little bit of a shock. But in saying it, this is one of the games now that I can tell you the weather obviously had a massive factor in it. Yeah, as well. I think
0: Mark Webster was a free taker for the Fenians, as he always is. Shane Kinsella was on dead ball situations for Saint Martins. I think they got a large portion of the scores. Yeah, so like it's, it's it's it can go like that. Sometimes the weather can can kill a game.
1: Um what it does mean now is Saint Martins are in a precarious position in the sense that if they finish level on points with phoenix the head to head is going to put them into a relegation um, this is a this is a really tight group um, Liz Downey have gone that that ship has sailed Liz Downey are going to be winning that group um, I did say it to you I thought Liz Downey would win the Intermediate Championship it would be Liz Downey or Thomas Downey I'm still sticking with that okay. um, Liz Downey that, that boat's gone to sea at the moment so now what you're left with is coin picked up I would have thought it Probably, I wouldn't say a surprise win, but the manner of the victory is a
0: big Yeah, bit you you seem to rate Young
1: Ireland's. I do. Um, Why so? Well, like the balance team young and old in it there Mikey Carey at wing back Shawnee is playing centre back this year for them they have a lot of really good players out there Ted Dre is an excellent player um, I know he's, he's moving on in years now Paul Holden coming in and out yeah. there's a decent young Ireland's team and I suppose when I'm living there you buy into the hype as well okay. they had a good win last week Um, and I thought it was going to be a catalyst for them to kick on I know how good Munkheim were are I had said to you that they would be my dark horses in yeah, I'd have dark horses. Well. Um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me but did shocked me was you know winning the game by twelve points I think it's 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 a it's a big win like um yeah. so uh, I'd be I'd and be the, worried. The conditions were good in that one, Eddie. That was a Sunday match, yeah, yeah no, no yeah. there was no issue. Like I, I chatting to the lads in work this morning that they, they, they were they were very disappointed with the and the performance. But look um they'll move on. There's life in the dog there, Connie Shamrock's one twelve to two eleven. Um I rate Connie um, but the results aren't
0: back backing my rating of them but they did run this downy close do you think with Conaghy the reason you rate them is because you're looking at Tom Field and James Bergen or have you looked beyond that
1: I know I think across the board they've a pretty decent balanced team um, to be one of the better teams that uh, uh, I don't know it's going to stupid but I, I'd never expect them to win the Intermediate Championship but at the same time I don't expect them to be relegated in okay. the Intermediate but now I've had to readjust um, I think Conaghy are in trouble um I think Fenians are always there they're about to be in trouble. That win at the weekend is a brilliant win for Fenians, which mm-hmm. now puts St Martins into a little bit of trouble I think, and Young Irelands are the other team in that group. Two of them are going to be in a relegation.
0: which two then may as well ask
1: you Connie are definitely going to be in relegation um and I think look at my, I, I hope it's not Gorn I don't want Gorn to be in there I, I i'm going to say i'm gonna say probably Fenians.
0: Okay, so the Fenians and Connie will be in the bottom too.
1: Connie will definitely be in it, and I'm, that's a head ruling heart there now, our heart ruling head there. I don't want young Ireland to be in that relegation, um, but they're a live chance to get in there now.
0: Yeah, I actually think I agree with you. I think it'll be the Fenians and Connie, um, although my pick for the Fenians to go down probably isn't looking as healthy as it did up to. Last weekend, so we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, that's group A. Just go through the group then. Uh, Liz Downey on six points, St. Martins and Munkine are both on four. Young Ireland and Fenians are on two. Connie sit bottom with no points. There was one game in group B on Friday night, as I said. Thomas down 321, blacks and whites won six. Dunhamagan two point winners over Roar and Steve, and in Carrick's Shock were two point winners over O'Loughlin Gales. A uh, blacks and whites Eddie didn't really want to go near it, but here we are. Um 21 point defeat on a night where every other game was incredibly close uh, Bargallon Moore in Arizona zone is not the best of looks no Um
1: don't know why why it was so lopsided result wise Um I know Thomas are very very good I think they can be ruthless too when they get in on you Um I know what it's like to be on the back of one of them defeats Um this break is coming at the right time there for the lads too now they'll, they'll need every bit of that break Um unfortunately you know from what was a really good start against the gales it's you know the wheels are coming off a little bit okay um i did say to you i fancied O'Loughlin gales to pick up no points in intermediate and end up bottom of that group and and, and struggle in the relegation final um, you know that's i yeah. i am not saying they'll struggle in the semi final and final i think they could be safe because of players that they'll have to come back into their team but Blacks and Whites beat O'Loughlin gales the first day uh, of locklin gales have been close in all their games but they've lost them all. Yeah. Um, so that tells its own story. Thomastown, Thomastown are unbeaten. Um, so Thomastown, we'll,
0: I think, have scored over 30 points in each game or 30 or over. Am I right in saying that? That sounds about
1: right. Yeah, yeah. they're hitting the, the 30 mark in all their games. They're high scoring but they tend to concede a lot. 1-6 uh, at the other end of the field is the problem. Yeah. Um, but look, Town Blacks and Whites were never going to be beating Thomas down it was never going to be on the severe that they would you know genuinely I wouldn't think they'd have seen it as a, as a game to win but they would have liked to have been competitive unfortunately it didn't work out um, you draw a line through it Yeah, you still have the two points you had at the start you need one more win um, you know and, and where it's going to come from is the problem because their last two games are Carrick Shock and Roaring um Um, Carrick Shock up next Carrick Shock got their win eventually That's
0: a huge game now isn't it?
1: Well whoever loses the game is in the relegation semi final. whoever wins it's in the first round uh, you know as in first yeah. round proper um, Carrick Shock had a win against the Lachlan Gales I, I know it wasn't a huge win they won by a, a couple two, of two points, points yeah, 414
0: um, to 218
1: but they needed it big time uh, 414 it's fair shooting um, from Carrick Shock everybody was stunned to see Carrick Shock where they are so they're playing blacks and whites in the next game the losers of that game are definitely going to be in relegation the yeah. winners of that game are in the first round proper so that's what it's going to come down to and then His Inishtig and, and Dunamaghan Everybody was fancying Dunhamagan to have a big year this year in the championship, and the air that was that that was a big win there. Like, cause yeah. there. to me, it's Thomastown going to top that group, and this is for second place in the group. That game was to see who was going to get it, and it's going to be Dunhamagan.
0: Dunamagin have six points from six. You don't think they can top it? No, will they lose to Thomastown when the time comes? Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, well, I can't say for sure. Like, no, but yeah, I'd be very confident. Um, I think Thomastown will win that group. Dunhamagan and Thomastown are both they've pulled away now. Yeah. Um, like I think. Points wise, the, 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 they're both on six. Yeah. yeah, so like I mean, it is what it is. Will Thomas Down beat Dunhamagan? I I think so, yeah. I don't. So,
0: by your taking, then, if we rank sort of Liz Downey, Thomas and Dunhamagan in the top three at the moment because they've won all their games, there's a significant gap between Liz Downey, Thomas and the rest. And Rohrdischdig
1: might be timing this run a little bit better, and Munkine as well. I would say to me, it's still Liz Downey number one. Uh, Dunhamaghan and Thomastown are in second and then you've got your Roar and Stiegs and your Munkine and then the rest are battling to stay in the
0: division Well this is what Roar and Stieg manager Thomas Gleeson had to say after his side lost by two points to Dunhamagan. It's all about pressure being in charge of the Roar and the Stieg brings pressure with it you know there's high expectations there and we have a quality group and a quality bunch of players so that's what you want you know that's why you go to the field that's why you train and that's why you have sleepless nights to, to see how you can get over the line you know so we, we embrace that and we, we like it Meanwhile, this is what Dunhamagan manager Adrian Burke had to say.
1: I thought our backs were, were brilliant in the first half once we settled, you know what I mean? And we got our shape, like, as I say, and we probably pulled Dennis Welch a bit out the field just to see could we shore up a bit around around that middle third as well. But no, it was just the battling qualities that has brought to it I, I thought were immense. That's what it was exactly. like We were trying to defend, defend long pocos defend against a big, a big strong team, a strong running team as well. But uh, I thought we coped well, and like I say, we had a good platform at half time when we were running a point down, and the breeze they ate us. In the Second half,
0: he's doing a really good job.
1: Oh yeah, Donaghagan they're, they're having a season. Yeah, brilliant manager as well though.
0: Yeah, very very good. Uh, Thomas Gleason alluded to it there with Roarin' Steeg. They're one of the clubs in intermediate, probably along with Thomas Stone and Liz Downey. There's big pressure on that job because if you don't promote, that's probably seen as failure. Um, and Steeg
1: probably would see themselves as a senior club stuck in intermediate. Yeah. Um, Rightly or wrongly. Um you, you're in the division you deserve to be in. That's true. Um Rower H D got relegated a few a few years ago and they've they've struggled to come back up. Um it is what it is. Thomas Town, when was the last time they were senior? Oh Jesus. I dunno. i I've never Genuinely, seen
0: I I can't remember. Like I when I was a child they were never senior anyway. That wasn't too long ago.
1: I, I I've never seen Thomas Town playing senior. Like and yeah. like a money in Kirkenny since two thousand nine, two thousand and eight
0: yeah, to a junior they Definitely when I came weren't definitely weren't in the two so, thousands. Maybe you're two thousands. No, but, 2000s, no, but, but just, yeah. I'm just
1: I'm just saying, you know, about the pressure on it. Thomastown Do you think some of these clubs have notions? It's not that they've notions. Thomastown Thomastown should be winning you know, Thomastown should be winning a championship. There's no two ways around yeah. it. Um it's not that they've notions that they've they've high expectations, I think is the better way of putting it. Roaring H Steag might be living on past glories um, you know Right. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully no. to Roran Steag, but like I mean what gives them the right to be favourites for the Intermediate Championship I don't see it on, on paper Thomastown I do it wasn't too long ago that Roran Steag were senior they only went down a few years I understand right? that but they, mm. they, they've they lost a lot of players from that team and that's where the struggling's coming in Dun are the, the real heroes in this Championship so far this year like they've they've been they've been exceptional um, and that needs to be noted as well, to be fair to them. And then the, the, the last team I would say to you, the, the team that's absolutely running away with all the results, Liz Downey, they had a tough game the other night against Connie, but I assume that game was on Friday night.
0: Yeah, that game was on Friday. And I, I remember Liz Downey when they were in senior, the first year they were senior, and we were chatting a little bit earlier about how you're just delighted to stay up. When you, I remember they lost, I think it was either first round championship or quarter final. And they said, that is far beneath the expectations we have for this club. So they will be just expecting to bounce back rather than hoping. 100%. And they're the team that you would have in your
1: mind going in there. You'd be thinking if you're part of that team that not winning this championship is a fail. Yeah, everything else is unacceptable. We have to win the championship, and the longer you stay at intermediate as Roar and Steve are finding out at the moment, oh. the
0: harder it is to get out of it. Yeah, it's very difficult to get over it. And uh, we went through group A, it's table just to go through group B. Dunamagan and Thomas Down are on top with six points each. Then it's Roar and Steve, Blacks and Whites, and Carrick Shock with two points. O'Loughlin Gales with zero points. Okay, that's the intermediate side of things done and dusted. Eddie Duff's not back for another two weeks. Junior does return next weekend with a few games taking place. But just to run through the junior results from the weekend Tuller, Ross, and 114, Greg, the man at 13 points. Sleaveru and Emeralds, Drew, 312 each on Saturday. There were four games on Sunday. St. Lochdon's uh, hockey pilton, for want of a better term, 428 to 1 8. St. Patrick's were 123 to 15 point winners over Kill Macau. 519. Gal 22 points. Despite the fact that Wine captain Emmett Landy got sent off in the first half and Barra Rangers were 218 to 113 winners over John Locks you know better than I do Eddie after winning the junior county title last year that's an absolute dogfight but for me just looking at it from the opening couple of rounds it seems like there's a bit of a tiered system in place in terms of some teams are shining other teams look way off the pace Um, it is I
1: I, I don't know I can't get my head around some of the results this (laughs) weekend Um, I would say Piltown the the, the Saint Lactans win over Piltown. There's there's That's a reason ah, something's after happening there. Uh, there's there's there was players missing or something. I'm I'm telling you, Piltown are way better than that. Um I said to you at the start of the year and I wouldn't be a mile off that I had Piltown. To me it was Saint Lactans or Piltown were going to win the championship. Um how do you turn around that? I mean, you know, they're after been beaten by three goals and twenty points like they after losing by twenty nine points mm. in a championship match. Um I don't know. And I know the lads there with 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 Pilltown, uh, Andrew Cairns and, and his team there, like they're they're they have a very good setup. They're they were very, very unlucky last year in the championship. Um, the keeper got a bad injury against us in the county semi final and
0: kind of everything went wrong for them in the
1: last five or six minutes of that game an injury that
0: apparently no I I sorry to interrupt you but apparently they have issues with the goalkeeper that they're struggling to start. That go back a couple of years. The chap that was in goal against us got injured. I
1: can't remember his name now. Yeah. He was a brilliant goalkeeper. Yeah, but if um, he's
0: not around, yeah. If you remember, and that could just to let people know because myself and yourself know. But their corner forward who was very good in last year's county semi final against she, he actually ended up in the goal, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, towards the end of that game, and you got two late goals and won it
1: yeah yeah. So that's what happened uh, no, no, exactly. that's I know. maybe it. is
0: that possibly a reason for why this happened against Freshford maybe that they are struggling with their goalkeeper and you know better than anybody how important a goalkeeper is in modern New Ireland or um, any, day, any yeah no
1: I, 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 obviously without being at the match I, I, I couldn't tell you why or how it happened mm. looking at it on paper they seem to have all their main lads King Kinsteader Martin Power Robbie Cullen they're all listed on the programme but that doesn't mean they all played I don't know I'd watch this space because Piltown are way better than that so it be okay. interesting to see what happens next weekend yeah
0: might be Turn um,
1: the other games in the group Tuller, Ross Burke, and Greg Namana. Uh, Tuller are winning that game by four points. Um, I'd say, like, I think Greg Namana Greg are strong, Like, they're a very, very hard team to beat, mm. and, and they're well able. It's a very low scoring game for two teams that would be noted for their high scoring ability. Um, Tuller are one of these teams as well that are, it's a bit like the Roar Innistig at Intermediate that you feel that they should be at senior. Likewise, people feel Tuller shouldn't be playing junior. Um, Tuller feel he shouldn't be playing junior. I mean, you look at it on paper as well. Kina O'Donoghue Connor Hennessy, Coleman Sullivan, Dunneco Connor. I don't see Tariq in the team this week. He's probably on the bench. You haven't had a good study of it. they have a Strong team, and then of course Wally Welch as well. Um, you know, not even in 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 the yeah. team again. Um, but it's a big win for Tuller that puts them probably right back up in the mix there in, 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 in that section as well. But just going off the Group A side of it, St. Lacton's look like they're a mile ahead of everybody there. Mm,
0: and then Wine Gap is my pick to go up. Uh, they were down to 14 men. They didn't lose anybody. They lost Emmett Landy, who is an incredibly important forward for them. And they still absolutely obliterated Gal May. We're not too far off with this in terms of Wine Gap and St. Lacton's I would have thought. No. Um,
1: Winegap Gap, like there is a bit of it. Like when you say about tiered system, like people would say John Locks were in the last couple of quarterfinals. Barra Rangers put them to the sword yesterday, yeah. Um, and Barra Rangers would have been seen as the the other end of that. Well, I, yeah, as I well. suppose
0: what what it means. Sorry to interrupt again, but um, feels like Winegap Tuller, Ross Birkin, and Saint Lochtons are a bit ahead of everybody, and it would have had Pilltown in there before the weekend as well.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I look look. I would Saint Patrick's Bally Ragged as well there. They're, they're so hit and miss, it's not even funny. Oh. That was a big win at the weekend, 123 to 15 points. Mm. The junior championship is just unbelievably unpredictable because it's so hard to get
0: consistent performances. And that's. What's the reason for that? Could you give us an insight in comparison to the intermediate and specifically the senior, I suppose? Well, I suppose with the senior players, the consistency is easier got because you're dealing with players that are probably
1: training at a higher level, or the, the training sessions will be taken at a higher level. When you, when you when you have a junior team and your first team is junior there's a likelihood is you won't have a huge panel of players you're, you'll are you have your first 15 and maybe 4 subs so that gives you 19 so when you're training you have 19 players that are you know you need to go 8 on 8 or 9 on 9 and then the rest yeah. of the lads are fillers whereas if you look at a, say a Lachlan Gales or someone like that they're able to nearly go 15 on 15 in training and actually have a real high intensity okay. drills are done at a higher intensity and the that so that does affect it a small bit. The other thing as well is, and I'm not saying about all teams, but some teams go out, junior team will go out and they'll absolutely trounce somebody and they'll lose the run themselves. They get carried away with the result. Right. So then you're trying to bring it all back down and train in the following week to lower the tone, calm everyone down. And, you know, yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not going to win the World Cup because we won a league game. And lads are peaking at different times. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a really hard one to put it down to just one specific thing. Um, but I just I just think the biggest thing in it is that a team can play really well this week and play really poor next week and a team that played really poor last week come in and play really well and they catch each other so you end up with you know like you take any of these teams and I'm only thinking back to when I was with Blacks and Whites you know we played Greg it's not that you'd fear Greg Mano, but you'd hate playing him you knew there was only going to be a score in it and you wanted the bounce to be your way Tuller Ross Burkin beat us by 25 points or something in a, in a league game last year um, thank God he didn't have to play St Lactons. Piltown four years of Blacks and Whites have beat them once um Kill Macau always tight. St. Pat's Bally never beat them, beat us twice in the championship. Just you know, St. Pat's Bally had lost three rounds of the championship and then went and beat us we'd won three rounds of the championship. Like how do you explain that? You go into the field thinking this win puts us in the league final, and next thing you're bet out of the field. Yeah. And you're going home wondering, you know, scratching your head saying, What did we do wrong? It's it just it just can be like that sometimes. Um it's a damn hard championship to win, but like looking at it there now, wine gap are really starting to come to the fore like you had predicted the Wood St. Lacton's as well I yeah. think it's going to be it's going to be one of them two now isn't it
0: OK that's uh, a wrap up on all the action from the weekend we always end on a more general topic of discussion this week what my pause here, to you Eddie two week break for the first time since the start of the league how do you use it as a management team and as a manager to make sure that you're giving your players the rest that they need but also having them at their best come two weeks' time?
1: Yeah, like it's a great question Robbie because, you know, there's no stonewall perfect answer to it. What I would say is it depends on where you are at the moment with your group. So, if you're Dixborough or Glenmore, you can afford to say, right, we're taking a foot off the gas this week give the lads a bit of a breather, maybe do a little bit of bonding, do something. Maybe let them go out there on Saturday night after the match or on Sunday night and let them go out and have a few pints and enjoy themselves because they're, they're predominantly young lads. So let them go out and have a few beers and relax and then we come back in Tuesday and we start going again. But if you're one of the teams that's down the bottom of it, the same thing has to happen. Let them go and have a drink. But we need it. This week here, this week is, is vital that there's really heavy training sessions put in. Everybody needs to up the ante now. Everyone needs to, this is the point now where your season really starts. So, you know, you would have a heavy training session. There'd be a lot of running, if it was me, there'd be a lot of running this week, Tuesday, probably I'd i look at on Tuesday, Friday, Sunday morning. I would definitely, like the lads would crawl home from training on Tuesday night, the same again on Friday. You'd have the ball in it as well, but it'd be full on now then Sunday taper back more into game stuff getting it right that way next week you can do nothing again anyway you're into Championship Week so Tuesday and and, and Friday you're only touching up and stuff but it's a real opportunity to, to, to get that last big kick into the lads to try and get them another 3 or 4% on the pitch and that's that's where it is but it all depends on where you are in the tables at the moment as well like as I said if you're at Dixborough do you look at it and say, right, let's get a bit of a rest into one or two of the boys as well and, you know, and and do it. And it's, it is it is it is a brilliant opportunity. Anyone that has little niggles or anything like that, now is your chance to get them addressed. Um, You take Mikey Butler with O'Loughlin Gales. He picked up a shoulder injury the other day. What a time to get a two-week break. Get him in, get his physio, get the recovery started, have him right, hopefully, in two weeks' time. Do you know? So yeah. you do get that bit of a chance, but I think... It, there's no, there's no hard and fastened way to do it, but I can assure you, if you head to any of the bottom three teams, in senior or intermediate training sessions this week, <laughs> you'll see an awful lot of sweat. Is there any
0: way at all at that level you can give the lads a week break, a five day break, or is that asking for way too much? Um, like stop training for the week. Yeah, just complete break from it.
1: Um, Jesus, oh, I wouldn't anyway. Ten days out from the next round of the mm. championship before, I think it'd be, you. You'll never regret working too hard. You'll you'll definitely regret not working hard enough. You
0: can overtrain too, though, can't you? You can, you but that's
1: up to the manager to 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 make sure that they don't do that. Mm. Like fatigue, if you're looking at players that are there and they're fatigued, like the modern day management, it's not like, it's not like it was before. Like I had a match yesterday, and 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 one of my players picked up a head injury, and when he was on the ground I was talking to him and he was getting his head strapped up he was ready to come back on and my physio said he's finished there and it wasn't a conversation where I was saying he's going back on the physio told me he's finished and that was it he was done I'd, the conversation's finished now so you move away and and, and likewise like we'll train any team is training they'll have a physio training with them and the physio will come out and say to the manager Robbie needs a break there Eddie needs a break and that's what you have to do you give them the bit of a break but take a full week off from, from all training in the middle of the championship no there's no team in, there's no there's no team in 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 Kilkenny going to do that if they do I I don't know I can't I, I couldn't Jesus no imagine if you took the week off I'll put it to this but give you the other scenario look at the optics of this Cheddar Plunkett at your club turns around and says to the boys take the week off there go on out and have a few pints and enjoy yourselves and relax and we'll see you back in training next Sunday right mm. and then they go out and get absolutely obliterated in the next round of the championship all them hurlers on the ditches in the stands what are they all saying boys are off all week doing feck all can't worry about them no, can you it's not the, but what I'm saying to you is it's the optics of yeah. it it's not that I'd be worrying about them it's what it looks like the very same people would be people saying he ran them into the ground all week and they're all wrecked and their legs are gone yeah. so it's not that I just think if you want to give the lads a rest give them a rest in training all of these lads are playing hurling because they love it do you know, they're not doing it for the, the glory and the, the huge amounts of, of, of fan bases and social media followers they have. They're doing it because they love Hurling. So, yeah. you know, like I often say to the lads, like we train, do you want to train at half seven or eight o'clock? I never, there's never a night where the lads say to me they don't want to go training. If, they're, if, they're, if they don't want to go training, you'd have to have a look at yourself and see what you're doing
0: wrong. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Eddie. Uh, we will be back next week to preview the next weekend's round of action. But that is the end of episode three of of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast. Of course, it is brought to you by KCLR each week. Myself and Eddie will be in studio uh, looking ahead to the games that are to come and reviewing the games that have gone. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, anywhere you do your podcast listening at all. And as I said, we will be back next week. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie.